most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined by one of the top fantasy football rankers in the industry, and Sean Perner. And today we are going to be talking all about props. We're going to do our top season-long props. We'll give you 12 in total. Uh for passing, for rushing, for receiving. Uh, so should be a good episode. Sean, what's going on? Yeah, what's up? Usually we do our Propapalooza like very late in the offseason, right before the season starts. So this kind of feels like uh, Christmas in July. This is always my favorite pod to do player props with you. Yeah, and we'll do another one. Just, you know, we'll, we'll do another one closer to the year. But uh, And I think want- a whole, I'm going to toot your home real, real, real quick. I think you went like 11 and 1 last year in our season props. I think. I did horrible. I went like uh, nine and three or something, but you crushed it. I think you only missed one. <laughs> I think I remember the one I missed too. I think it was Nick Chubb under rushing yards, of course. Oh, and that, that's the only one I pushed back probably. <laughs> probably is. Right? God damn it. I can't be modeling these motherfucking running he's backs the only five guy and a half yards for carry. He's the only guy you got wrong. That makes right. sense. Um, yeah, no, it, it was a good year for for. For player props, so hopefully we can uh, we can repeat. Um, but we're gonna, yeah, we're just gonna. We wanted to get kind of some early ones uh, out there, just because the lines are out um, and they are gonna change, which is why we'll do another one kind of to bookend it later in the uh, closer to the season. But uh, before we jump into that, real quick, every week we take a five star review and uh, we give you guys a free Gear of Action Pro. So this week's winner is. B City 138. Really appreciate you listening to the pod and leaving the review. If you want to claim your free year of Action Pro, hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com. Uh, for everyone listening, we do appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, head over to Apple, leave us a five star review. We'll pick the favorite one uh, for the winner next week. Uh, let's jump into a, a question real quick, Sean, before we get into the actual props i just want to know your kind of general philosophy uh as far as betting season-long props especially now when i think it's still a little bit early uh you know we still haven't even started uh preseason yeah so i mean obviously it sort of begins and ends with my player projections um you know you and i we both project every player for the entire season but when it comes to season-long player props you just have to factor in uh, the range of outcomes. And when it comes to these season-long player props, um, usually the under has a ton of value because there's so many outs um, to hit it. Uh, you know, if a guy gets injured and misses time, I mean, that's usually very good for the under. Uh, suspensions happen, you know, other things. Or, you know, they get leapfrogged by their backup. Um, so there are certain players that we'll talk about today that I think, um, you know, have that potential. Um, but, uh, and then I, like I said, um, last year when, when I do like an over, I, I like to look at those markets where it's like most passing yards, most rushing yards, most receiving yards, because 
you know, I want to have some fun and, you know, getting like a 50 to one bet this time of year uh, is usually the way to kind of invest in somebody's ceiling uh, because it is hard when, whenever you're betting an over on one of these medium projections, you sort of need a lot of things to go right. So in general, I think you have sort of the same philosophy. Uh, we're going to be sort of attacking the unders just because there's so many hidden outs um, when it comes to the under. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's kind of my number one rule with betting the normal season total projections is bet all unders because yes, injuries are something that you can't predict, but there's really no upside to think like to, to, to saying, okay, a guy is going to play the amount of games I have projected for him or more, you know, cause we usually project players to miss between, you know, one and maybe two and a half games on average, depending on the position. So um, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of outs with the under where he could play a full season and struggle. He could play a full season and lose the job. Um, you know, he could just have a somewhat of an inefficient year. Like, you know, I, I'll talk about a guy who's, I think is going to have a great season and still go under uh, mm -hmm. one of his, his props. And so there's just so many outs. Whereas with the over, you kind of need a lot of things to go right. You need, you need him to play most of the season. You need him to be playing well. You need him to be playing well in that specific stat category. It's just a lot harder to hit these, these overs. And I think, especially now, this time of year, it's still puff piece season. You know, there's way too much optimism yep. floating around right now. So we got to kind of throw a little wrench in that and, uh, <laughs> and bang these unders. I mean, I'm, the books probably love us because they're taking all over money anyway. So yeah, we got to balance uh, at least we balance their books a little bit with some of the, the bets we're, yeah. we're taking. And, and I hope people out there listening kind of subscribe to the same notion. I mean, we talk about this. We have a podcast out right now. Um, you know, expert series where you and I talk about how we bet props in season. And, and you made the point of like, that's your number one thing. It's really just targeting unders. So yep. I think the same applies to season long. Let's jump right into it. Who, what is your favorite passing uh, prop right now for 2022? Um, so I, I do like this Baker Mayfield under 3,800 and a half passing yards. Uh, he's only cleared this once in four years. Granted, we are playing an extra game now. Uh, but, you know, the Browns are a very run-heavy team, and he's going to a very run-heavy team uh, in the Panthers. Uh, the, the Browns ran the ball at the 13th highest rate on early downs last year, and the Panthers were the 8th highest rate. There was a stretch there where they were just insanely run-heavy. I remember you were attacking Chuba Hovers over during yeah. that stretch. But it, it goes to show they were running a ton, even when Christian McCaffrey was down. Um, a lot of that had to do with masking Sam Darnold, of course. But either way, this is sort of a run-heavy offense. So it's going to be hard to project Baker to clear this. Um, you know, outside of DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, they don't really have that many weapons. Uh, so imagine if either one of those guys misses time. That's going to really ding Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, hopefully Robbie Anderson can bounce back after just a horrific season uh, or Terrence Marshall after just a really disappointing rookie season. Um, and Tommy Tremble and Ian Thomas is arguably the worst <laughs> tight end group in the league. So there's just not much to like here, right? And there's no guarantee that Baker's going to start 17 games and healthy. I mean, I would say that's likely, but we could see Sam Darnold earn a starter too, you miraculously. Earn? Uh, yeah. Maybe like, not I, earn. Earn is, it, earn is a they, strong word. They have a camp battle going through the season. <laughs> we know who's going to win, but this, this you know, organization's a dumpster fire. Uh, sorry, Samantha. And, you know, third round pick Matt Coral, like, Towards the end of the season, if they're out of the playoffs, it would not surprise me if they just let him get a starter too. So that, again, that's an out 
for this under. I'm already projecting Baker closer to, you know, 3,650 3, passing yards to be exact. Uh, but there, he does have a dangerously low floor of not starting all 17 games. So that's why I love the value we're getting on the under here. I have a follow-up question, actually. Um, I don't actually know if you know the answer to this, but I know you have some experience kind of with bookmaking and, and, and dealing with the markets. Um, is there is there a, a reason why they always round to like the nearest 50 or 25? Is And have you ever found value that way? Because you just... Like you just mentioned, you have them around 3650, which is, are you rounding there too? Or is that just actually where you have them? I'm just rounding. It's easier to say that. And saying something like 3,653, is that really adding anything? <laughs> that three? So sportsbooks, sports edges, man. I, I mean, sportsbooks, <laughs> it's similar. Like they just want clean numbers. They're not trying to, you know, <laughs> use like, you know, 3,802. Like it's just easier to just have clean numbers visually. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm it's, like, it's kind of like when you harp on me for not adding that extra half. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that that's important though because that's <laughs> yeah. that's the difference between like a push and a win if you're talking about you know certain things. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna thank you for going with Baker Mayfield's passing yards. I'm gonna agree with you that I think the market is too optimistic on Baker now. Um, even if he plays a full season, and I'm gonna yeah. go with. Mayfield under 22 and a half passing touchdowns. And I like the touchdowns as well, because I'm looking at Carolina last season and they have 14 passing touchdowns. Okay. Well, the year before, you know, they had a better quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, a little more to the level. I think Baker Mayfield is at, and they Mm. still had only 16 passing touchdowns. And remember, I think it was Bridgewater that was saying they don't even, they weren't even like practicing red zone and red zone drills at one point. <laughs> so like, I, I don't, I don't see Baker Mayfield coming here and throwing 23 or more touchdowns. I mean, you look at this team and as much as I love DJ Moore, yeah. he's their best receiver. He's 1100 plus the rounded yards in each of the last three seasons. Clearly their best receiver. The man has never caught more than four touchdowns. So when your best, most highly targeted wide receiver has never eclipsed four touchdowns in a season, despite right. playing 15 games and, and uh, catching, you know, 1100 plus yards of, of offense each year, that, that tells me it's just going to be hard for the quarterback to throw a ton of, t- of scores. You know, I know Christian McCaffrey will get a few, but you mentioned Robbie, he struggled. Terrence Marshall uh, looks like a bust as of now. So and and the tight ends really aren't guys you expect to, to catch even five combined, probably. Which is tough because you, you kind of want your tight ends to be red zone weapons, right? You, you do. You do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I just don't see, number one, you know, Mayfield, I know he was hurt last year, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, 17 and 14 games with a probably better offense. Um, I just, you know, that would have been on pace for 20.6 in 17 games. Uh, you know, I'm projecting a more for 21, 21 point something. Um, so I just don't see how Baker Mayfield gets to 23 with any type of, you know, 50% or more regularity. I think that the right. chances are a lot lower. Yeah, uh, I'm, with right. you. I, I'm with you there. I will say the, the reason I passed on this and took the yardage is because uh, I'll get to it later, but I have Christian McCaffrey under eight and a half rushing touchdowns. So I don't like the relation between the two, but I think we'll both win. Win both these props. Yeah, and this is assuming he put, like you said, he yeah, even yeah. he has to play like 16, 17 games probably <laughs> to challenge for this. Yeah. Um, all right, 
Number two, we got passing. Uh, so I, I love this one. It's uh, Davis Mills to lead the league in interceptions thrown at 10 to one. And I will say I'm the first one to admit that Davis Mills was a pleasant surprise last year as a rookie, especially considering we had five quarterbacks drafted in the first round. So um, it was pretty incredible that Mills, you know, a third round pick out of Stanford ended up being arguably the second best uh, quarterback in the class last year, I would say behind Mac Jones. Um, it was a pretty bad performance all around by all the rookies, but I, I read a very good article on football outsiders that broke down um, QB's interception rate mm-hmm. um, where they looked at, you know, drop balls by the defense that should have been picked off uh, tip balls by wide receivers that probably shouldn't have been an interception. And they removed uh, Hail Mary attempts. And while Mills had a very deep, you know, he had a decent interception rate last year at 2.6%. Um, he had an expected interception rate of 4.1%, which was the second highest among all returning starters this year. So I think we could see him struggle in year two with interceptions. Um, and, you know, he had such a good rookie season that he has the entire season to audition um, for, you know, the future. I think if the Texans have a top pick next year, they're going to go with quarterback. So they, they're going to let him start, I would assume, all 17 games no matter what is going on. So even if he's struggling, they might just keep him in there uh, to go full tank mode. He only has Kyle Allen backing him up. Uh, So I just think this is a recipe for a very high ceiling on his interception total this year. Um, I I think he should be the market leader. I think guys like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, they they should only improve this year where Mills will probably regress. So um, uh, I I have him right around 14 half interceptions, closer to 15. So I'm not attacking that market. I think the value here is taking him at 10 to one uh, to lead the league. So this one, I'm not going to lie. It scares me a little right now. Um, I would like to, I mean, I don't think it's going to get much higher. Like it, it, I don't think you're going to lose a lot of value by waiting a little bit, but I mm-hmm. am hearing some chatter about the Texans and Jimmy G. I don't think it makes any sense, but people are saying because Nick Casario, you know, has the Patriots ties and that, you know, when Jimmy G was there and they might, you know, acquire him. I don't, I don't see why they would do it, but I rather know for sure that yeah. um, Mills is going to be the starter. Cause that, you know, it's kind of what we said, like this is in, in essence an over in, in a, you know, in, in a, in a way. Um, yeah, I, w- I would want to check um, if the, sometimes these rules have, they have to play in week one for action. So I would double true. check this, this, yeah. this could be a market though. That's just, you know, uh, all bets are action. Um, but that, that is an interesting point. And it's, it's annoying that yeah. we still don't know what's up with Jimmy G. It, I'd be surprised personally. I'd be surprised if the Texans make a move for him, but yeah, certainly if you want to wait for something like this, I don't think the odds are going to drop or anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but assuming he starts week one, I love it at 10 to one. All right. Uh, I'll go with, and I, this is one of the ones I'm pretty sure I won last year. I'm going right yeah. back to the well, uh, Lamar Jackson under. Six and a half rushing touchdowns. And, you know, when I pick, I think the number was the same. It might have been seven and a half last year. I think it was six and a half. But, um, you know, he was coming off two straight seven touchdown seasons. But that there's just a lot of regression with these rushing stats for quarterbacks. Even if you are, you know, the yardage kind of stays consistent and the carry stay consistent. It's tough to get to seven rushing touchdowns. And to kind of put that in perspective, you know, even with the two seven touchdown seasons, Lamar scored 16 in uh, his last 42 games started over the past three years. That's still, if you take that per game average uh, and multiply it by 17, that still puts him just short of six and a half. So remember, you need the seven 
to actually win the bet. So I I actually have them projected for around four and a half rushing touchdowns uh, this season. I I know you have, I think you have them around 4.7 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of when you just factor in what a, a running quarterback like Lamar, you know, the normal touchdown rates that you would expect. Uh, and I do have a projected right, you know, right around that 900 yard mark that, that the books have him. Uh, but I just think they're way overestimating his touchdowns uh, because just because he doesn't have a great receiving core doesn't automatically mean that he's just going to run for more touchdowns, especially Lamar. He's never been like a ma- major, major red zone threat. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of these, like a Josh Allen, for example. So, you know, I just think that the number's too high. And that's before even counting the fact that just like we saw last year, he could miss games. And if they do have to rely on him to run more, then it just increases the injury risk. So I think you have a lot of outs with Lamar, even playing a full 17 games. Um, I think you, you have a lot of outs with Lamar in terms of the, uh, the the rushing touchdowns up at six and a half. Yeah, I love it. And I think you did get seven and a half last year, um, which he's never cleared, but maybe they were factoring in the extra potential mm-hmm. game that he'd play. Right. But he only had two in 12 games. And um, yeah, they get J.K. Dobbins, presumably back by week one, Gus Edwards. So yeah, he's not a guy that you'd really expect for them to lean on when they get into the red zone. And even though he had those two great rushing seasons, you know, he just barely cleared this at seven. So yeah, love the outs on the under and I'm projecting this yeah closer to five as well. So this is a smash under for me as well. All right, let's jump to running backs. Uh, let's start off uh, who you got with uh, your first or favorite running back prop right now. So I'm going with Elijah Mitchell under seven and a half rushing touchdowns. It's at minus one thirty right now. Uh, we always talk about how just, you know, Kyle Shanahan is unpredictable <laughs> when it comes to how he handles running backs. Uh, usually the projected week one starting running back for the 49ers does not fare well. Uh, however, it wouldn't shock me if Mitchell does buck that trend this year. I, I do like him. I think he's going to have a good season, uh, but he does have a lower floor than most backs uh, just because of the volatility of the Niners running back situation. But even if he does start the entire season, uh, he might not clear this number. He only had five rush attempts inside the five last year. Whereas Jeff Wilson, who only played six games, had four. Uh, we know that Shanahan loves using Jeff Wilson uh, sort of around the goal line. So I, I think that definitely limits uh, Mitchell's upside um, in this market. Plus, you know, this season, especially around the goal line, Trey Lance um, is going to be an option to run it in. Even Debo Samuel, um, now that he's sort of a quasi running back wide receiver, uh, Mitchell just has a ton of competition near the goal line where he's not even in the game most of the time. So I just love um, all the outs, the unpredictability of the 49ers running back rotation and the fact that they don't like using Mitchell as much around the goal line. Um, I just love the under seven and a half rushing touchdowns for him. Yeah, I mean, he only had five last year. Um, so it's yeah. not, you know, it's not like a really good season. <laughs> a very good season. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, yeah, I think. And then, then that doesn't even factor in the injury risk. Like, I, I, I yeah. like this under a lot, too, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, they're kind of penciling him in as a starter, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has you know eight plus touchdowns, even yeah. if he does play most of the year. All right. For my top running back prop, another one, I, I believe I went to last year, um, but Miles Sanders under six and a half rushing touchdowns. It's at minus minus one forty. Uh, we all know he had none last year. I don't expect him to have none again. Uh, this year, I think that, you know, there's going to be some regression, but this has been the story throughout his career. He hasn't really been a guy who um, has fared well 
in terms of scoring touchdowns on the ground. He has nine in 480 career carries. And to do some math on that, that's one every 53 carries. So he would need about 373 carries to get to seven touchdowns. And you look at his yardage line at the, at the books and it's 900 and a half. So like that's projecting him for essentially somewhere between 175 and 200 carries, which, you know, that's going to really stretch it. And I I think that's about right. So I think that's going to really stretch it as far as him getting touchdowns. He still has Jalen hurts. They do kind of cycle in, you know, two, three, we even saw sometimes four backs in that backfield last year. And I think they will be a little pass heavier now that they acquired AJ Brown as well. So you know, last year, just 10 carries for four yards and no touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. Um, so I don't think they're going to slam him into brick walls, you know, down in close. I think they're going to have some other creative things to kind of do. You know, they could even, at this point, re-sign a guy like Jordan Howard yep. or somebody, just like they did last year. They seem to not want to give Sanders, you know, that full, full workload. I know he's kind of clamoring for it, uh, but this is a guy who's missed three games on average per season uh, in his three-year career. So, uh, again, and just an, another player with a lot of outs uh, at this number. Yeah. And I, I think he took this last year and like you said, he had zero rushing touchdowns. Obviously he's due for some positive regression. I think looking at just his carries inside the five yard line, um, I think he should have had around two and a half or three, but yeah. still that won't get to seven. Like he's still going to have to, and he is sort of a home run back, but he's going to have to rely on longer touchdowns, which is, Always a good sign to bet on the under, but like you said, I think that he's a Jordan Howard signing away from me projecting him closer to like four or five. So love the value we're getting here on under six and a half. All right, we got for your second one. Uh, so I already mentioned it, but I, I have Chris McCaffrey under eight and a half rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's only cleared this once in five seasons. Um, and part of that is due to him, you know, only playing 10 games. Uh, in the past two seasons, I'm not banking on him missing a ton of time this year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I think he he's a bounce back candidate. I don't think he's injury prone, uh, but that's, that's always an out, right? We already mentioned that like injury risk is part of, you know, the, the reason we do like unders when it comes to season long props, but he only scored one touchdown in 99 carries last year. He had three carries inside the five and all five of them uh, or all three of them. He got stuffed. And he uh, combined for minus two rushing yards. Um, it, it, the offensive line is partly to blame for that. It's still going to be brutal this year. Um, so, you know, he's an elite passing catching back. So I don't think they're going to spell him on passing downs. I think one area they could spell him with newly signed Deontay Foreman is short yard situations, potentially goal line situations. So while McCaffrey's probably going to rack up a handful of receiving touchdowns, I think that's going to cap his upside uh, in the rushing touchdown department. So I'm projecting him. Um, closer to seven uh, rushing touchdowns. So I love the value we're getting here on under eight and a half. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's done this, what, you say once in five years? Uh, I mean, you smash know. the theory he did. He had, what, 15? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, still, I, I think the number's too high. I think that you know, even if you're not projecting him for a ton of missed time, um, you know, it's still something that's like for every running back. That's Running backs are just great to take the unders with regardless because yeah. – um, you know, you could see things like the missed games come into play, but yeah, he could play a full season and still not clear this number. Um, you know, if that Panthers offense continues to struggle, you know, maybe Baker's not the answer. So uh, I like that one. Uh, for my second, I'll go with another six and a half. Clyde Edwards D. under six and a half. Uh, it's a little juiced up at minus one fifty five, but I still like it. 
he averages one touchdown every 37 and a half carries for his career, uh, which means he'd need uh, just over 262 uh, to get to seven touchdowns. Now his yardage line um, at the books for this season is only 700 and a half, which, you know, if you go by his career average of 4.4 yards a carry, that equates to about 160 carries. So that's about a hun- over a hundred less than he would need to get to seven touchdowns. Um, I'm projecting him for under six and he's missed five games per season. And also, I mean, another thing that's worrisome is that they signed Ronald Jones, who probably is an upgrade on Darrell Williams, at least, you know, running the ball and, and, you know, in, in short yardage and things like that. And then Jared McKinnon straight up stole his job mm-hmm. last year. And they McKinnon for a while, we didn't know, you know, would he resign? Would he not? But he did. So, like, there's also the possibility of Jarek McKinnon just kind of pulling what he did last year and playing well. And they, you know, they're forced to kind of use Edwards Elaire as part of a three-way committee. So I I think there's just a lot of outs, even if he misses zero games, which is exactly what I want, (laughs) um, you know, when I'm betting under on touchdowns. Now, I know, you know, the fact that Tyreek Hill is gone – they might get some more rushing touchdowns all around. So that does bump it up a little bit, but um, there's just no real data anywhere, any way I look at it to, to suggest that he would, he's going to have a, a, you know, get to fifth to, to seven half the time. Yeah. I mean, he's been such a huge disappointment, especially after uh, who's it? Damian Williams is putting up like RB one numbers in this offense. I just thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a beast, but yeah, he's been disappointing. The one concern I would have is, I guess, Ronald Jones is a potential cut candidate. Yeah. So as, as of right now, I'm projecting CEH for closer to five rushing touchdowns. But if Jones is off the team and it's just McKinnon and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who's a, you know, solely a pass catching back and Michael Burton, uh, I mean, I might bump CEH closer to six and a half rushing touchdowns. But uh, like you said, there, there are a lot of outs on the under here. So I still like it. But I would just watch out for Ronald Jones news. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I they've always kind of had that other, you know, like the bigger back in this in the offense. So even if they cut Jones, I wonder if they would just sign somebody else at that point. Um, yeah, like Darrell Williams last year had what fourteen rush attempts inside the five. Ch only had three, so clearly they don't like using Ch in that role. Yeah, I mean, remember, I think it was that first week of the. It was early on in his rookie year. I think he had he got stuffed like. Six yeah, or seven times. So, and that was that. Yeah, it's never. It's always been kind of a struggle for Ceh. So, like I said, he's just a guy. Even if he plays, even if Jones isn't on the team, I, I wouldn't. I would. I would think there'd be a bunch of outs, but I would wait just because there is some juice on it. Yeah. Um. So you needed to hit closer to sixty percent. Uh. All right. Where are you going for your first receiver prop? Uh. So I'm going with Keenan Allen under seven and a half receiving touchdowns. Um. He's only proved this twice in his illustrious nine-year career. Um, now, he's still a very, you know, he's an elite route runner. He's a possession, possession receiver. He's Justin Herbert's favorite target inside the 20s um, or between the 20s. Uh, but he's never been a real red zone threat. And especially when we get closer to the goal line, you know, Herbert's going to be targeting Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. Um, he loves targeting the tight end. So this year, that'll be Gerald Everett, possibly, you know, Donald Parham, uh, especially closer to the, the end zone. So. I think we'll see the same old Keenan Allen, you know, you know, 1200 receiving yards and six touchdowns <laughs> again this year, but he's on the wrong side of 30. So we are going to start to see a decline. Um, you can never bank on him to score a long touchdown either. So 
love him. Like I'm projecting him in the six, six and a half range. Um, I, I don't think he has a high ceiling in this department. So love the value we're getting on the under seven and a half receiving touchdowns. Yeah, it'd be cool if you could bet exact touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, six, he's, uh, I six in four yeah, of the last would, five years. Yeah, they would probably offer it at like seven to one odds, but you know it's a 50-50 chance. Yeah, It'll be uh, either six or seven. It's happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Keenan Allen's not a touchdown guy. So yeah, uh, eight eight seems a little high even for him. He's, he's a guy, yeah. like you said, 1,200, six, six touchdowns. That, that's what he does. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going with Traylon Burks under 795 and a half receiving yards uh, at minus 115. This is, this just seems high. Like I know everyone's, you know, looking at him as the AJ Brown replacement. And so I, and I know AJ Brown had a surprisingly, uh, you know, relative to, I think the expectation, uh, amazing rookie year. And so, you know, I think people are saying, okay, Traylon can come, you know, some of the way there and he'd get over this number, but I just don't like the way it's starting out for him. You know, he's fallen behind in camp. He's struggled with the asthma issues. Uh, they're just talk he could be the number three receiver behind Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook, uh, Akina. And even if you think, you know, Burks is just your, you know, solid round one, you know, at, on average round one receiver, over the last 10 years, just 14 of the 40 wide receivers drafted in round one have cleared this prop numbers. So that's just 35%. That is, uh, you know, that puts the odds way in your favor. And this one's not even juiced up, you know, beyond the normal uh, juice for props. And I, I think Woods is, is going to be healthy enough mm-hmm. to go and, and be the, that, that top receiver from day one. And, you know, they should have more than whatever it was, you know, half a season of Derrick Henry. So I think they're going to be super run heavy this year. And uh, I don't think Burks is, is going to be quite as good as AJ Brown. I think, I think Brown could do, it's just a little bit better. Uh, and was is was a little yeah. bit better, um, you know, to starting off than than Burke. So um, gonna go under seven ninety five and a half. I have this under by I think a, a little bit over a hundred yards. So uh, yeah, I, I love this one. Yeah, no, no, I like this one as well. Um, he did like he had one of the best landing spots in the draft. He kind of reminded me of AJ Brown mm-hmm. before the draft, and the fact that they traded away AJ Brown, then drafted him to basically fill that role was good news for him, but. Um, he does have a wide range of outcomes. So that's what I was saying earlier. You know, whenever somebody has a wide range of outcomes, it usually helps the under here. Um, and he's had a rough mini cap uh, conditioning issues. I, I know he has asthma. So um, I, I think that people are just, you know, over projecting him right now, because like you said, Robert Woods will probably be the number one target. I think Austin Hooper uh, is having a solid connection with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that's at least what the earlier reports are saying. So, and this is still a run heavy offense. Um, so I love the numerous outs we get on the under. If he kind of flops as a rookie, he's very talented, but, uh, this projection is a bit too high. I'm with you though. This is about a hundred yards higher than what I'm currently projecting him at. All right. What about your second? Uh, so I'm shooting for the moon on this one. I'm going with Terry McLaurin, uh, to have the most receiving yards this year at 50 to one odds. Mm. Um, and I, I, I hate that I'm like standing for Carson Wentz, but (laughs) He is certainly an upgrade compared to what Terry McLaurin has been dealing with his entire career. I mean, I'm not going to go through the carousel of shitty quarterbacks that he's had throw, throwing the ball. Uh, so while Carson Wentz, I wouldn't consider him above average. He's closer to average than these other guys. Um, and last year, Carson Wentz was very good uh, throwing the ball downfield um, on his pass attempts that 
where the ball traveled at least 20 yards. He was third in QB rating, and he had the fourth highest catchable target rate at 76%. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Terry McLaurin, he is a downfield threat. He had the fourth most targets, 20-plus yards downfield, and he only saw 14 of his 29 targets were catchable. That's 48%. So if Wentz and McLaurin were to connect on, you know, more deep balls next year, I think it's going to help uh, for this market. Plus, Terry doesn't have that much competition for targets there still. Curtis Samuel, oh, uh, man. if he's healthy, um, you know, might soak up some targets, but that's a big if. Jahan Dotson uh, is going to be a rookie. So, and Logan Thomas might not be ready for week one. So I think Terry can dominate uh, in target share here, which is what you want in a market like this. And if you just look at like where the guys are ranked, he's 23rd among receivers. I'm not sure where you have him projected in receiving yards, but he ranks 13th um, if you sort by receivers. So I think we're getting some solid value here at 50 to one. Yeah, I, I, I like the odds. You know, I have my reservations about Carson Wentz. Yeah. But he did kind of, um, you know, force it to Michael Pittman, their number one receiver yep. last year. So um, I think it depends on a few things. You know, I think Dodson could be a pleasant surprise. I don't I don't think Sammy will be much of a factor, to be honest. I just I just don't think he's. Yeah, that's what I'm big. Put it on. together. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, at 50 to one. I mean, for a guy who's talented, can run routes, can catch contested passes, goes downfield, is should be clearing away like the, the number one target, regardless of what's going on uh, behind him. I, I think there's definitely a better chance. Yeah, and one, one real quick thing I forgot to mention is like the guys that would typically be, you know, really solid in a market like this, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown all change teams, and I'm, you know, we're all downgrading them. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended the first six games. DK Metcalf now has Geno Smith and or Drew Locke throwing to him. So a lot of these top guys have reasons not to like him this year. So it's just sort of a mixed bag. We're outside of Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. I think it's wide open. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like it and McLaurin is one of those guys. Like I, it's like that year Allen Robinson led the league in targets or, or whatever it was yeah, a couple years yeah. ago. It's like he's one of those guys that you could ex- he could lead the league in targets. And if you lead the league in targets, you always have a chance in these yep. markets. So yeah, I like that one. Uh, for my second one, I'm going to go and this, this is how we do it here, but oh, I'm going to go against uh, <laughs> one of my favorite players. One of the best players at, at the position at, at the wide receiver position. I'm going under Jamar chase under 11 and a half receiving touchdowns at minus minus one fifteen, And the reason being is 12, Receiving touchdowns is just a massive, massive number. You obviously any type of injury, even one or two missed games, could could potentially be the difference here. But you look at what Chase did last year when he went, he got 13. So I understand why the line is where it is. He had 13 last year. Uh, I looked at you know rookie wide receivers with 13 or more touchdowns in year one, and there's only been three other uh, receivers that have done it. Their average in year two is just eight and a half. None of the three got to 12. Not even Randy Moss, who played an entire 16-game season, uh, didn't miss a game, did not get to back, you know, back to, to, uh-huh. to over this number in year two. So I'm projecting him just over nine. Um, you know, I think 12, uh, 12 touchdowns is just – it's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and I think you're going to win these – it's uncomfortable, but I think you're going to win these kind of ones more often than not because – most people just don't have the stones to bet uh, Jamar Chase under uh, 11 and a half, especially after he went for 13 in year one. But I think this number is two to three uh, too high. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we realize his ceiling is elite <laughs> uh, to understate it going in the season. But I mean, I'm projecting him for 10 and a half, and that's with a 12.6% uh, touchdown rate. Um, so that's that's super high. And this is one of those things where, yeah, the, the value is probably on the under. If for some reason you wanted to bet the over, um, if he clears this, he's already going to be in contention for the most receiving touchdowns mm-hmm. in, a, in for this season. And he's five to one in that market. So instead of betting on just, you know, over 11 and a half, I would say go check out the most receiving touchdowns market where he's five to one um, because that he has such a high total or that's that's almost where the league leader will be. Um, so that that would be one possible way to hedge it. <laughs> if, right. if you're nervous is about the under here and then the over on the most receiving yards. But either way, like when it comes to markets like this, uh, like you said, there's there's a ton of outs on the under here. T Higgins can go off this year. You know, I, I do like Joe Mixon. Like, I think he has a huge touchdown ceiling as well. So even though we do like Jamar Chase, 11 and a half is just an insanely high number. Yeah, I mean, to put it in perspective, another super talented receiver like Justin Jefferson, 167 targets, 1,616 yards last year, and he got 10 touchdowns. You know, it's it's yes. it's really hard to start getting up into those double digits and not even yep. just double digits, but, you know, 12. So, yep. um, you know, these are the kind of bets that you that you want to make if you're going to consistently hit these things. So chase under 11 and a half. Uh, let me just recap uh, all 12 of the props that we gave out. Sean likes Baker Mayfield under 3,800 and a half passing yards and Davis Mills most interceptions thrown at 10 to one Uh, for quarterbacks. I like Mayfield under 22 and a half passing touchdowns and Lamar Jackson under six and a half rushing touchdowns Uh, for the running backs. Sean likes Elijah Mitchell under seven and a half rushing touchdowns and Christian McCaffrey under eight and a half rushing touchdowns. I like Miles Sanders under six and a half rushing touchdowns and Clyde Edwards Elaire under six and a half rushing touchdowns. And then for the receivers, Sean likes Keenan Allen under seven and a half receiving touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, most receiving yards in the league at 50 to one. Pretty juicy. Uh, I like Traylon Burks under 795 and a half receiving yards and Jamar Chase under. 11 and a half receiving touchdowns. We'll be back to do this uh, sometime at the end of the year. Obviously, we'll have our normal episodes uh, for the rest of the preseason. We're starting to ramp up here. All right. That's going to do it. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs>